I'm sure a lot of you out there, when you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. And I'm, I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of the deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in abusive relationships. They can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life Unapologetically Human. I am Dan, and I'm always joined by my great buddy, Brady. Brady, that's What's me. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, nothing, man. Just uh, I shot 18 holes this morning, so I'm I'm a little tired. No, it's uh, it was fun. It was. 37 degrees when I got out there this morning. It was a little chilly. They had to scrape the ice off of the off of the uh, the golf cart. Uh, <laughs> Who golfs when it's 37 degrees out? Well, um, me. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it's it, things are going all right. Um, it, it, you know. It, I'm sure you have, but like I had some twisted ass. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly specifically what it was. But you ever have? No, you have just messed up dreams the night before you wake up, and you, you know there was something wrong. It, you know there, there was something going on in your head like the night before, and it just threw you off for the day. Yes, all the fucking yeah. time. Yeah, no, that's that kind of happened to me last night. It was, you know, I I woke up a few times throughout the night, which I normally do, but. I don't know, just like this morning when I was, you know, milling around trying to get, you know, clothes and all that stuff together for golf. And I just, yeah, I, I felt off. Like I woke up and I felt like, I felt like I could honestly look at somebody and say, I had some really messed up dreams last night. I couldn't tell you what they were, but that's just that feeling that I had. Like you just don't remember them? Yeah, I don't really remember my dreams much. Um, I, I'd never, well, I shouldn't say I never have. I remember some, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot of dreams, especially anymore. So, like, what do you mean feeling off? Uh, like, I felt the need to tell my wife three times before I left for golf that I loved her. Mm. Uh, I, you know, stopped dead my tracks when I was getting my coffee and stuff together and, and looked at my daughter and just sat there and stared at her for probably a minute, maybe two. It was just, it was one of those weird feelings. Like I needed to be reassured this morning. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah, I get that. If this turns into a final destination type of episode, I'm going to come back and I'm going to kill you. You know that, right? Like I'm going to beat your I, ass I if something I, happens. I Okay, no, I, just I, put I, that no, on the record. I've seen this in, in B-rated Netflix movies when they do the POV type of films, and you're like, yeah, I just felt off today, and they say I love you seven times, and then you know a logging truck drives by, and <clears throat> some oak tree falls out and smashes the windshield and impales you in the chest. Well, I mean, I don't go very many places where there's lo- – I mean, there's logging trucks on I-5 all the time, but, I mean – I don't really go where there's a, a large amount at a time, but you never know. Anyway, 
Uh, how are you doing? How are you just going to drop it at that? Oh, well, you never know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what no, the I, fuck kind of bullshit is that? No, I, and I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. I really don't. It was it was just one of those things this morning. Unsettling. Right yeah, it was unsettling, but it wasn't like... No, it was bad. Um, it was it was unsettling. It didn't feel right. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you don't remember anything? No, I don't remember any dreams that I had. None. Hmm. So where where's uh, where's wife and the kids? Uh, they're up north, uh, seeing uh, Mima and Auntie, mm-hmm. and they're they're actually probably headed back now. Um, they. We're having Easter for those of you out there that celebrate. Happy Easter. Um, yeah, happy Easter. When you hear this, it'll be Easter Sunday because I'm going to get this out tonight or no, that, later that'd tomorrow. Be awesome. so. But uh, for those of you that celebrate, happy Easter. I hope everybody has uh, has a great one. And, and so we're going to have dinner up at Mima and Auntie's house tomorrow. And I'm going to I'm making a cheesecake. It'll be on ground potatoes from scratch. Ooh. And they want us to bring rolls. And we're also going to make a punch. Uh, we'll make that up there. But um, it's going to be a good punch without and with alcohol. Mm. So, yeah. That sounds good. Um, <clears throat> trying to decide whether or not I'm going to make the rolls from scratch. I haven't really decided yet. Yes. I mean, that's one way to decide, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided for you. Well, since you're already having unsettling, unreassuring nightmares that you can't remember i'm just gonna go ahead and decide for you so yes well okay yeah right. well i mean i get some uh, yeah we need to after the recording we're, we gotta go to the store and get everything that's where tonight's, i just came from tonight's menu is so we meal plan every week you're, yep. you're, yeah so you know we meal plan we we know what we're having monday tuesday wednesday all that wonderful stuff and um and tonight, because we knew tomorrow was is Easter, you know, and we're gonna have this big dinner tonight is leftovers, and I'm gonna need to, um, because I I need to cook the cheesecake, um, and I need to, I I haven't really decided yet whether I'm going to cook dog rotten tonight or tomorrow. I mean, if you cook it tonight, would you freeze it or just leave it in the fridge? I'd leave it in the fridge, yeah, but I mean, the whole thing is is. I mean, it would take a solid hour, hour and a half on the on the uh, countertop to cool down. Mm. Couldn't, just let it, couldn't let it cool in the fridge, I guess, because it, be, it would cool too quick. Yeah, well, it would heat up the fridge, too. I mean, a yeah. lot of people don't think about that. But, you know, home fridges, they're not great for, I mean, industrial fridges, like the walk-in coolers and stuff that I used to use when I was a chef, they're great. I mean, you could put hotel pans of shit on these shelves and they've cooled down and it'd be a lot of it'd be a lot of time. But what you know, hotel we, is gonna put pans of shit in the refrigerator though? Pans of soups and chilies and shit? Oh, oh, I'm thinking rewind, never mind. I'm thinking you mean literal. Never I don't know. Why would just why would anybody it doesn't <sighs> matter what they do, why would somebody like put shit in a pan, number one, and number two, why would they put it in the fridge? Listen. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know. All right. Well, this conversation just took Anyway, so industrial fridges. What's that? You said anyway, industrial fridges. So, yeah, those are great for cooling shit down quick enough to, to where you can, you know, 
get it cooled down within the the recommended time period. Um, do, you have but, time to, do you have time to do it in the morning? Cook the agron? Yeah. Mm, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, probably is not very confident. No, I get up pretty early. I mean, it would take hour, hour and a half to to cook them. It's, I feel, like then, you, then, I feel like if you have time to do it tonight, you should probably do it tonight. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. I'll keep, <laughs> uh, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we just came from, we came from the store. We're going over to uh, uh, Taylor's mom's house and my parents are coming down in the morning. We're going to do Easter at the house with uh, Bebe Madison and her first Easter. And then oh, we're going awesome. to go to her parents' house. Um, my parents are coming with coming too, but uh, it's also her grandma's birthday, so we're doing like an Easter birthday celebration thing. So um, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be cool. And then we went to Costco. So yeah, yeah we went to Costco, and you know Costco's got all that pre-made food, like the good stuff that you can get. And uh, we got like chicken taco, like street tacos or whatever. So we're gonna have that for dinner, and we'll probably end up watching a movie tonight. Nice. Any idea what movie you guys want to no. check out? No. No, because you know what's going to happen is she's going to pick a movie and fall asleep. Well, yeah, that's kind of a... Actually, we'll pick a movie and I'll probably fall asleep. But, no, uh, I mean, it'll probably be something on either horror or some kind of comedy. I mean, that's just usually... Have you seen the new Halloween? Yes. How was it? On Peacock? Yeah. The one on Peacock? Um... I would probably give it like a five out of 10. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And I saw the new, I saw the new Texas chainsaw on Netflix. I'd also probably give that one a five out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to these two original ideas coming out of Hollywood, damn it. Uh, See, the problem was that Netflix did what Netflix always does and just Netflixed up Texas chainsaw. So it, it didn't feel like Texas chainsaw. The Halloween movie, it just kind of seemed like it had one too many like side storylines going on, and you okay. kind of just like got lost in it. But they're coming out with another one, I think, this fall, like the last one. So we'll see. I don't know, but yeah. there's always like Godzilla versus Kong. That's yeah. great. You know great what? Thing. You know what movie I really need to go see is uh, Northman. What? Northman. The Viking movie? I haven't uh, heard of it. Oh, okay. We'll watch a trailer. And then you will also be like, I need to go fucking watch this movie. Well, we're we're actually having a date man next week. Fuck, uh, there you go. Yeah, we you know, it's been since the week after Valentine's Day. We didn't realize that until Yo. And we're not doing I mean, we're not doing get dressed up and doing anything fancy this time, but we're, we're we we want to go see a movie. I, I haven't seen a movie in a theater so long. And um, so we're going to go check out a movie and probably go to dinner, go to some, some cheesy, you know, fancy like Applebee's or something. I don't, I don't know. Fancy like Applebee's on a Tuesday night. Fancy like Applebee's on a date night. No, you don't know that Date song. night, not Tuesday night. Well, you, here's the thing. When that dumbass song came out, I made sure I made sure I, I never listened to it. Love that song. God, Love that what song. What happened to it's, us? What happened to you? 
It's fun. It's you used fun to have song. good taste. You had good taste. I still have good taste. Mm. But, you know, there's there is such a thing as just a good fun song. Just it doesn't have I to agree. be. I agree. I agree. That is not. That is like not. That. A, yes, that's not a catchy fun song. as hell. No, not when you hear it on every Applebee's commercial. Well, I mean that. Did, are you surprised? And there no, is a lot of but, there are a lot of Applebee's commercials over here. I think we have like a Applebee's and maybe like a Chili's. I've got, I see. I miss Chili's. I, we don't have Chili's. <sighs> Give me that baby back, 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 Chili's, baby back, Reels. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're so we're just going to do uh, commercials for the rest of this episode. Um, so those of you that are joining us, just a, your your mic, your mic is making you sound like a robot every now and then. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah, it makes me uh, you sound like a robot every now and then too. So, so maybe it's just the sh- it, it, really. Yeah. See, I come out sounding clean. Yeah. Is there something yeah, going keep, on with this? Keep yourself this. Yeah. Right. I wonder if it's the is it the the connection? We got a connection problem going on here. We might. I don't know. I don't we'll know. figure it out. Well, I mean, we apologize this, in advance it, if this episode is it, sucks. Is it an issue? Because I mean, I can switch to my phone. You know that works. I don't know. I don't know if it is. Well, when we take a break, we can we can test it. Okay. Because it wasn't an issue before. No. So, but anyway, let's we we you know the show must go on. It must. Um, so you 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 doing okay? You all right? Because you seem kind of like you seem like something other than the dream thing. You seem like something's like bothering you, but you just don't know what's bothering you. Oh, there's a, there's there's a few things bothering me. I mean, you know trying to find a house that within our price range and, and doing, uh, doing the, I mean, work is, is, if it's not one thing, it's another right now, which, you know, it's, it can be hard to deal with when you're, you know, when you actually give a damn. Um, yeah, no, I believe that. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, just life in general is rough when you actually give a damn, let alone anything else. But I mean, you know, being, and our, and, and I'll be are. honest with you, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, shit's a little tight right now with yeah. you know between the inflation and gas prices and and you know all the adult things. Um, and then on top of that, being and on top of that being a little discouraged about the house, you know, it's yeah. No, I mean, it, there's there's a few things bothering me, but but it's life. I mean, it's nothing. Serious. My marriage is still wonderful and beautiful. My kids are both wonderful and beautiful. I just wish I could get them out of this hellhole that we live in. But at the same time, I know we will. Yeah. I know it'll happen. It's just going to take some patience and take some time. And it's just every now, every now and then it gets to me when, and it's usually it's just it's it's because you know that's a constant. I want to get my family out of this place. But you know when you add on the the external financials and then on top of that you add on the the stress from work um and i've been a little you know I, i've i've started to realize i'm a little you know i i neglect my friends and my friends kind of neglect me it's nothing nothing personal neither one nobody really does it intentionally or anything like that we all we just all have separate lives and every now and then it rem- i i'm reminded I don't do much. 
What do you What do you mean neglect? Like you just not talking to each other or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just don't we don't talk as as much as we probably should, or or you know, or I would like to periodically, or um, it's just it's I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just a funk that's settling in after maybe. you know two after two and a half years of lockdown and realizing that you're not locked down anymore, but you're still kind of living lockdown. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I understand that. But you know, you're a you mean you're allowed to be upset about life. I mean, just because it's life sure. and stuff doesn't mean that it's not. You can't be upset about it, right? I mean, well, yeah. You you know, like you said, yeah. You and your your marriage are great. Your kids are happy and healthy, and everybody's good. But like <clears throat> all the other shit, it's usually all the other shit. It's not like like. You're, you know, you're stressed out about buying the house. I mean, obviously, like, who wouldn't be? I mean, you guys are looking forward to that. You have it planned out. It's something that you want, and now it's just being patient to, you know, you get there. And it's going to happen, right? Yeah. But it's all the other shit that the, – the other – the 90% that, you know, goes on that isn't part of, like, your nucleus of life. It's all that other shit that you go through yeah. on your own. Like you said, work. And not talking to friends or whatever, you know, got whatever fucking else is going on. All that shit just fucking compounds. Yeah, it know? builds. And eventually it builds to the point where you have to deal with it or or eat it, basically. And it's just it's one of those things that I think I've I think my cup runneth over a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, it happens to everybody. It, ha- it, it definitely happens to me a few times a year where it's just, you know, I'm. My, you know, my activity level is, is <laughs> or, you know, my stressors have increased and just, you know, and like I said, it's no different than a lot of people, but at the same time, my stressors have increased. So my stress level has increased. So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's life. And I know we, we, we kind of, we kind of try to talk about stuff like this in this podcast, like, you know. Yeah, it is what it is, but you still need to get it out, and that's you know that's true. That's yeah, but listen, we you're forty, I'm thirty three, and um, we kind of grew up in the generation of suck it up, buttercup, and fucking deal with it. Oh and yeah, I, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's twenty twenty two or you're forty and I'm thirty three. It's you know, I'm not going to say your age. Don't worry. I know that you're on the cusp of a, You're on the cusp of ARP. I already know that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. You know, you're in your 40s. I'm in my 30s. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's 2022. Like, you're programmed, right, your entire life to just suck it up and deal with it. And it's kind of trash you know what i mean yeah and uh that's just your fucking societal norm and you know this is i think this this episode has started off a little well no let's just say what it is this episode is not probably going to be as um uppity and and hippity hoppity as usual and i think that's okay and i mean it is okay like fuck it it's fine like (laughs) We got to get used to just not beating around the bush about shit, you know? And, um, you know, Brady and I had 
a good conversation this week, actually on Friday about some stuff. And it really kind of makes you think that, you know, we do this to try to bring awareness to stuff and we do our best to talk about things, uh, that we can relate to and hopefully that we can relate, you know, with other people. And, you know, like Brady said last week, sometimes we talk in circles, but we talk in circles about things because it's relative to a different situation. And, you know, just talk, you know, like you, like you said earlier, how you feel uneasy and, you know, there's some anxiousness going on and stuff like that. And then we take in fact all the other stuff. Hi, Penny. And then we take in fact all the other stuff that happens during the weeks and during the days. Like all that stuff stacks onto one another. It does. Thanks for covering the uh, the family got home. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Penny's back. No, and you're right. It does compound and and all that stuff. I just uh, had to take my head, headphones off there for a minute, so I'm not entirely sure where you're at. Uh, just talking about basically I just left off where in society essentially it's just suck it up and deal with it like sure you know and and uh, there's something to be said that I think that the up-and-coming generation have they have way more resources these days when it comes to dealing with mental health issues than we ever did growing up and the sad part about that is, is I think you see such a high, a high increase of attempts and successful of taking your own life in younger generation now than you ever did. And they even have more resources than we ever did. Well, and, and they also have, don't forget, they, they also have a little more understanding than we ever did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. That's... Hi. <laughs> Penny, Penny is Penny wants to be included. Um, so, but and, and that's the and that that is a good point. Um, it does seem like there's more, but you know, I it's to me, I think it can't be it cannot be overstated that you know the world we live in is nowadays, especially with social media and stuff. That damn internet, um, that kind of thing. It's added to the avenues of anxiety to the younger generation. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's, and, and that's really, I think, to me, the key difference between, like, my generation, who we've seen from day one, from the, from the get-go, what the technology does. And then we... Uh, but we also remember a time before it. Yeah. And it's like this, the new, the new gen or like today, it's so fucking dependent on internet and social media for almost everything. Like, I think we talked about this once before. I think we talked about this once before where it was like the, even the, the dating game is basically now predominantly online. Yes. Like you don't just you don't just meet people outside anymore, and that's the thing. Everything is. And let's and we're gonna be. I'm gonna be a little. uh, I'm gonna be that guy for a second, but let's take crotchety old man for a second. Yeah. Let me be. Let me be crotchety for a second. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Let me. Let me be a crotchety old man for a second. From the point of view of a man, right? And you're single, and you go out 
to go have fun. And your purpose is not to hook up with somebody, but just you strike a conversation. The expectation of the modern man now is that that is the only thing that you're interested in is just finding somebody for the night and not finding somebody that you want to be with. Uh, and it's kind of bullshit. Like the, the modern expectations of just being a man are completely out fucking rageous. And I might be wrong and like, I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's just like weight balance and it's always, it's always weighed more expectation wise. It's always weighed more on the men's side. Like if you well, put, it has, I mean, they're very different expectations, but I feel like they're n- more numerous. The number is definitely, um, and, and honestly, I'm glad, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up, but I'm sorry to cut you off because I didn't, I, I really wasn't my intention, but something just kind of, I had this flash that I needed to get out. You know, it's, it's, I feel like the necessities of women, the, the expectations and stuff like that have, I feel evolved more than the expectations of men. The expectations of men to me have, have kind of stuck around the protector, the provider, um, the, um, I mean, really, those are the two main ones that I, I concentrate on. But also, they, they've expanded to the point where, you know, not only are, are you the protector, the provider, but you're now you're also you're also expected to be the therapist. Okay, and, right. Okay, but think of it this way. When you listen to a woman speak about the things that she wants in a man, some of the first things that come about, they have to be over X amount of feet tall, oh, and they oh, need to look like this, and they it. need to make this kind of money, and this and that, and this and that. But then for us, it's basically just like, I mean, we just want somebody that will play video games with us or like talk to or, us. Yeah, like we don't like it. Like that's I don't true. Know. You know, and it's like and you see that kind of shit all the time. And and I'm gonna be. And I understand we're not we're not trying to say that that um, women are more are concentrated no. more on the trivial or the you know the physical aspects of a potential mate. But those, yeah, I have to admit those are some of the first ones I hear from female friends. That, and let me you know, let me let me be honest. Well, I I can't date I can't date anybody. You know. Five ten and below. Yeah, right. Oh, I only date firefighters. Six foot and over. Yeah, I only I only date uh, military guys, or I only do this, or I only do that. But let me let me. I'm gonna be a dick here, but there are some women out there that are making outlandish uh, demands that have no business making outlandish demands at all. Um, you know, you have to give an example. I I have a feeling I know what you're talking about, but um. Now, keep in mind, though, the reason I, I feel like these demands that you run into periodically, um, they've always been there. It's just now with the exposure that you can get through social media and the Internet that you are it's kind of thrown in in the front line more often than it yeah. used to be like these the, these still used to there still used to be women that would have these stipulations and these demands. But now you can actually find this out. Yeah. 
but like okay, okay so like fucking the demands 1700 was own a farm and own an ox and then i'll marry you the demands in 2022 are make $120,000 and drive a, a $75,000 car and have six pack abs and be six one and live on your own and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I got like none of that covered. <laughs> Neither <Yeah>. do I. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm closer, yeah. I'm closer to the farm and the ox than I am $130,000 and yes. a $95,000 car. I think I'd be happier with the farm and the ox. That's, um, <laughs> oh, shit. No, and you're, and you're right. I mean, and even, even back in the day, you know, if you didn't have an ox, it was probably part of the marriage. Um, it, it was, it was part hey, of the, the, what? Hey, no, no, I'm not talking about the wife was the ox. All right. Come on. That's... I wasn't even going. Yes, I was, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I did. <laughs> you, you that's where you were headed. You know, you were on a train track, not a street. You couldn't turn out of the way of that one. Um, but no, I've, I feel like, and I know what you're saying. Cause you know, I've, and, and, and you know what one, I gotta say this, what one, thing just drove me nuts grow you know when i as a younger adult i shouldn't say growing up but as a younger adult the nice guy you're too nice you ever get that one yeah 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 you're too nice but the guy you dated the guy you dated for two years literally beat you on monday wednesdays thursdays and saturdays but i'm the one who's too nice Yes, can't do it yes, on Sunday because yeah. it's not legal, but you know, well, that, it's okay you know, to do it every other day of the week, and you're okay with that. But I open a door for you, and I get shitted on. Uh, I mean, one of the because I mean, it, it, it was said to me more than once, and you know, I'm not saying that I was some perfect guy or something when I was younger, but you know, I, I've tried to be a good person. Um, I've made my you know had had bumps and made my mistakes, but I've tried to be a good person. But I'll never forget the 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 one person. Um, that sticks out the most for me is I actually found finally built up the courage to ask her out. And she said, Brady, you're too nice. And the, and like within a week, the person she was dating was the biggest Coke dealer in town. And I'm just sitting here like, well, if, uh, so what you do is you text her and go, well, if I give you an eight ball, can we go out? <laughs> No, I'm joking. Well, and I'm that's, just kidding. No, but I mean, no, that's but there are women. But no, and the funny thing is, like, she was a professional. Like, she had a good career. She had, you know, she was very extremely smart. She, you know, had a good head on her shoulders, as far as I could tell. But she apparently liked bad boys. At least that that was, you know, and and you hear a lot of people say, you know, it's a stage. It's it's. You know, I, I, it's just, that's the stage I am in my life is, you know, I like bad boys. That makes me you laugh. Know. That makes me laugh when women say that shit. Like I want a bad boys. And then literally one, they, they don't do anything. They're just, they're just fucking douchebags that don't do anything. Or all they do is just fucking break the law. So I'm like, okay, so you want a felon or you want a man that just runs his mouth and doesn't do anything? Yes. Right. And um, uh, you you brought up something and I don't mean to cut you off, but there's a quote. No. There's a quote from Chris Rock pre Will Smith slap um, that uh, I had to get that in there. Sorry. Yo, um, no, we're not we're not going to talk about it, but I, I had to get that in there. But uh, I don't know there's a quote from 
there's a quote from Chris Rocker. It's only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. A man is only loved under the condition that he provides something. Well, it's like, you know, and, and you and I had, had a great discussion about this, this earlier this week. And I, yep. I think this is a great little transition. You know, I, I just, I sent you a meme out of nowhere. I think it was like one of the first, first, uh, messages of the day. And, you know, it's, I think it, it was, says, it was the first one. It says men have no inherent value. Women and children are valued simply for existing. This is why boyhood to manhood is an especially rough transition for males because they're no longer loved simply for existing. Their worthiness must be proved or they're nothing and no one cares. You know, I, I have to say I disagree with the last line and no one cares because there's always somebody that cares. Um, and I do firmly believe that even the lowest per, lowest person in the world, there, there's some. They may not know it, but there's somebody there that really. And that's a, that, that's it. They may not know yes. it. They may not yeah. know it, right? There's always gonna be somebody that cares, but that person may not know that. It may not know how to recognize that. So to them, yeah. nobody ever cares. Exactly, and you know, and that's. I feel like as as antiquated as that whole phrase sounds. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. I mean, we had a really great drawn out conversation. You know, I mean, I mentioned, you know, the value process men go through in their life. And I'm sure that, and there's more to this, of course. I mean, like I've said, I'm not a, I'm not a mental health professional and I'm sure as hell not a biology professor, professional mm-hmm. professor. But, you know, they go from like, you know, they're, they're the cute little man, the, the little man of the house or the, or just the little, little kid and you know you're you're just loved just i mean and it just pours from everywhere and then you hit puberty <laughs> but not, and there's even, a lot. not even puberty let's be honest even before that like some well, of my yeah. earliest childhood memories before puberty was going to work with my dad and being the trash guy putting putting trash in bags and stuff like that right and it wasn't because he wanted me to go with him it was because I needed to go with him for the day for something. And it was like, oh, well, you're here. So put all this stuff in a contractor bag and bring it downstairs for me. Oh, sure. I mean, that, now, granted, I, like I've, I've said, you know, I grew up in a business. My family went to Bowling Alley. We yeah. lived in the same building as the Bowling Alley. I definitely started doing things around there at a very early age. Um, but you know, generally speaking, yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely stages between, you know, cute little man and puberty, but at the same time, I think puberty is really when you get hit the hardest Yeah. with the first, cause I mean, that's first hormone surge and all that stuff. And, and, you know, and the, you know, from preteen to teen, you, 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 you know, a lot of times you're told, you know, you're out of control. And, and you you only think about one thing, sex, and you know, and and that kind of that kind of mentality that you're bombarded with throughout these these formative years that affects you. Right. It does. I mean, I know some very deeply religious people that grew up where you know their mom would be like, "You you just think about sex." And yes, they they got to a point where that's all they were thinking about because that's all they were being told they were thinking about. You know, it's it's one of those things, and then you know, your young adult, you 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 know, and when you know when you hit puberty, if you're lucky, you have a man in your life. This is really where your man training starts. This is where it's it starts to really get 
into the knit and grit and and all that stuff. So, you know, that that's I have every intention of teaching my son how to you know how, to help me change brakes and change tires and you know the, oh, yeah. we're oh, yeah, we're really gonna go camping at that point in time. He's gonna you know help split wood and he's gonna you know do all these kind of things. And that's you know that's really where the training starts. And then that training, if you're lucky, gets you into your twenties. And this is how, and I, I, I'm going to read it verbatim because I, I feel like it was put well, that this is where you find out how woefully underprepared you are for real life, unless you get to put it off for a couple of years for college. But even after that, once you're done with college and you enter real life, all you did was put it off. You didn't mm-hmm. change that. You, mm-hmm. feel, you, you realize how woefully underprepared you are for everything. Growing up, you know, suck it up, cupcake. I mean, that's how that's how we were we were raised and stuff like that. And it's like you know, and I say that, but yes, in my family, it was okay for boys to cry, according to my mother. My sisters, however, would give me hell. You know, my my you know, if my friends would see me, they would give me hell. Um, but well, not in my household. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the whole thing. story. But but the whole thing is is you know that's uh, after your twenties once you I mean where you think you're flying blind before your twenties I mean at least at least you're you're blindfolded in the fuselage of the plane at, in in the twenties you got to jump out of that bitch Well think yeah and and like think about it so like there's so there's this uh, this musical artist that I listen to and. His name is uh, Jackson Dean. Really, really great fucking stuff. Like, good music, right? Um, He did this interview, and he was talking about something. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he was talking about how um, men go through these three stages of life. You have puberty, then you have your early adulthood, then you have your, you know, basically lasting adulthood, which is, you know, what, like 35 40 basically when you marry yeah, kids probably. and stuff like that right and he was like you have these three stages of adulthood or three stages of of manhood and if you go back and look ahead look at it you go through these three stages of um i think you called it like drink hood so what he was saying was that um jack was a preacher jim was a prophet Johnny was a teacher. So you when you know when you go through those three stages there's at your young ages you were drinking Jack Daniels and you were you know you were preaching about life, preaching about all the things you were going to do in life, right? And then right. it was Jim was a prophet where you started realizing all the things that you were actually were going to do. And, or no, sorry, the yeah, and all the things that you were going to do, right? And then you have the um you know, Johnny, which was a teacher, where you started drinking Johnny Walker because you realized that life just taught you about all of the things that you need to know to survive and to basically live for the rest of your life. And those were the things that you were pondering on on the three stages of manhood or adulthood as they were, or whatever, growing up, whatever the fuck you called it. And no, I, yeah. I heard that and I was like, fuck. And I was like, and I'm looking back and I'm like, I drank a lot of Jack in that time period. And then I was like, I drank a lot of something else and I drank a lot of something else. And I was like, that's fucking ridiculous that you can almost go back and compare what people were going through 
at that time based on like what that person was drinking to to swallow away or to get rid of whatever the hell they were dealing with. And as you I, matured, I, and as you matured, the the quote unquote the style of drink matured. Because think about it, anytime people are like, if you you always hear about it in the songs when people are like hitting rock bottom, it's always like, oh, I grabbed my bottle of Jack Daniels, right? And it's always like hitting rock bottom. But then when yeah. somebody's like up on top of the world again, they're you know they're talking about how they're drinking something else. They're drinking Johnny Walker. They're drinking whatever. And it was just kind of like, damn, like that's a. I never really thought about it like that. Well, and that's you know, um, I, I I like to, I'd like to think that's actually a little true. I mean, I didn't I couldn't stand bourbon when I was younger. Now that's about exclusively all I drink. Um, now there is something that uh, you brought up that I, I'd really like to to bring up. Do you want to um, do it now, or do you want to take a break? We well, have, you know what? Let's mention it. And then we'll, 40 minutes, and I don't know how well, we got here that fast. Well, we talked for a little bit beforehand too. Sure. But um, but no, you know what? Let's let's put it out, put it out there, and then when we come back, we'll address it. All right, I like it. Go ahead. So you you mentioned something, and and it's something that I, you know, ever, especially ever since I had you know a kid, I really noticed. Um, you you mentioned that when you started classes for the baby, for the little one that um everything was based around the woman yep mom and and we both agree that that is that is rightfully so that is the main focal point but we but. both feel like we, we both feel like it has fallen critically short when it comes from the father's side yep and I, I kind of want to get your take on that whole thing. Like, what are the what are some of the things that you'd like to see? And what are the some of the things that you felt when you were going oh, through these classes? This is, I didn't take these classes. Yeah, but, this is great. This is fucking great. I like this. So I yeah, like I, this. I I feel like yeah. I feel like once we get back from the break, we should probably yes, yes. You know, 100%. I'd like to discuss that because I, you know, I I have some ideas. You know, outside the classes, I never took birthing classes or anything like that. Um, but I, and it's not because I thought I knew everything. It's just because I was busy. Um, <laughs> but that, and I, and honestly, my, my now wife, she's, she was amazing. She had everything handled. Um, but, uh, yeah, when we get back, I think we should definitely address that. And, and I'd like to probably touch on a few things that are, that are outside the whole birthing thing. You know, I've, I, I, I've, I've got a whole deal about you know how men are treated as parents so um and i think uh, this is going to be the great the the time that we take the break we will be right back with the continuation of this episode of men in your life unapologetically human we'll be right back i don't know why this doesn't get brought up more often I don't know why people don't talk about it more often, but people that have attempted to take their life, whether they have succeeded or failed, it's not that they want to die, it's that they just want to stop feeling the pain. We don't want to not be here anymore, we just don't want to hurt anymore. So we look for quick fixes, pick up a needle, pick up a pill we pick up a bottle we pick up a fucking gun 
We look for a quick fix to end the pain. Take it from somebody who attempted on their life. Take it from somebody who watched a loved one end their life. It's not that we don't want to be here. We just don't want to hurt anymore. Normalize having a conversation. Welcome back, Many Life Unapologetically Human. Took a little fiver there, and we're back. Um, so, Brady, you uh, you pose a question. You care uh, posing it once more for everybody. Sure, and you know it's it's more of an observation and a question. So, you, you mentioned that when you started out the uh, your you know the baby classes for for the little one. Yeah. That uh, where did it all go? There wasn't a whole lot focused on on men. It was, it was mainly it was pretty much all for mama, which is very very much expected and oh yeah, hundred uh, percent and understandable. But we both kind of agree that there still could be more to help the man through the process too, because we don't. I mean, we we don't and never will understand. So the class, let me, let me just, uh, preface this by saying that the classes themselves were, and I highly recommend these classes and they were run by, um, two doulas who actually ended up being, one of them ended up being the doula for Taylor during her birth, which was fantastic, right? Classes were great. Classes obviously were hovering all around mom and baby, which they should be. All right. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. They should 100% should be. She's carrying a human life in her body that everything should be, you know, revolving around mom and baby. The problem that I had was when I was going through this class, these classes, there was basically little to no anything about the dad. There was little to no anything about preparing dad for whatever may happen. You know, we went through these. I don't know what you want to call them. We went through these thing, uh, like role playing things, where it's like, if she's in pain, what are some things that I can do to help her? Type of thing, right? Which is fine. That's stuff that you want to know. That's stuff you need to know about your partner, right? And sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what about having to deal with, I don't know, like watching your partner been laboring in pain for 26 hours? You, there's nothing that prepares you for that, and there's nothing you can even do because it's just you're just sitting there helpless, and you can't do anything but just be like, "Oh, you got this." You know, I know it hurts. I understand this sucks. Um, you know, I'm you know, I understand the pain that you're going through. You know, here's some water. Here's some snacks. Like, yeah. I can't do anything, right? And then here, the other part that got me was. There's nothing in there that prepares you as the dad for your partner to go through postpartum or the baby blues, which is basically just like, uh, you know, it's like a lesser, lesser version of postpartum. It only lasts like a couple of days. And essentially, I think it's just like a wave of all of the emotions just kind of like hitting at one time. And that's what Taylor had. And, um, 
Mm. You know, and it, it's like one day it was there and then it just gone. Right. Like we didn't have the six o'clock breakdowns because we were tired and, you know, we weren't sleeping. But there's nothing that prepares you for that. Right. And there's nothing that prepares you for, you know, everything is about mom and rehab and mom and this and mom and that. And, you know, make sure you, mom doesn't do this and that. Make sure she doesn't do this. That's great. That's fine. Again, that's what it should be about. But there was nothing about the fact that, hey, dad's going to end up going back to work in a couple of days or, you know, a couple of weeks. For me, I got two weeks off. Uh, dad's going to go back in two weeks. So dad goes back for two weeks. And after doing two weeks, literally trying to do everything he can to take care of mom at the time, right, to up to even like feeding by hand to make sure that she eats, right, go back to work, you come home. So now you have to deal with work. You're dealing with everything at home. You're trying to take the baby so that the mom can go take a nap, right? You're trying to make sure that she takes a nap. And then when she's done, you cook dinner or you make dinner. You make sure you're doing laundry. Make sure you're doing dishes. Make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. There's nothing there that prepares you as a man to be a father. And there's nothing out there that actually prepares you to be a, a father other than other fathers like there's yeah. no there's nothing out there that helps you and there's nothing out there that helps you with hey you're going to deal with a lot of stresses in your life and not only that you're going to think about your home while you're away at work because you know that there's shit that needs to be done and there's things that oh, you can't God. do while you're working you know eight nine ten twelve hours and then when you get home you only have but three or four hours at home until you have to go to bed and then wake up at three o'clock in the morning and do it again Exactly. Like there's nothing no, that prepares you for that shit. No, no. And, and there's, there's a, there's a part of that, that, you know, there's a certain percentage of that, that is, you know, that's, it, it's just, it's not taught. You, 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 no matter what, you'll never be prepared for that. But there are certain things where you could be better prepared. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I think work is a perfect example. Um, I don't know about you, but going back to work was hard. Yeah, it was. Mine, it was for me. I mean, I, I've. And you liked your job. Well, and I, yeah. I guess this is after, but like you like your job now. I mean, I, I, I liked my know. job then too. I did, but uh, I just wasn't making much. Um, but, you know, going back to work, especially when I got a job and this job ended up putting, you know, being 14 hours a day and stuff like that. It's like, I'm never home. I mean, it's it was to, it, it just got to the point where I spent more time missing my family than I did spending time with my family. Yes, yes, and yes. it's it, you know, and that's no way to live life, and it's and it's not the easiest thing to cope with when you don't know how. Yeah, and it's like I told Taylor the other day we were having a conversation about that, and I told her I said I feel like. I feel like I'm leaving stuff out on the table. Like I'm leaving things on the table that I could be doing. And it's not that I don't want to do them. It's that I'm so just like just drained by the time I get home at the end of the week from work. And, you know, granted we have the situation where I sleep in a different room during the week because I get up at three o'clock in the morning and I take an hour drive to work and, trying to prevent me from falling asleep on the road, which 
even that doesn't help because I still only get like three hours of sleep because I'm laying there half the night going, I should yeah. be in the other room. I should be over there helping, you know? And then it's yeah. it's come to a point now where they've got this routine and I kind of feel like I'm out of the loop now. And I, now I feel like I'm just like a part-time parent because they have this routine for five days out of the week and I'm kind of like playing catch up. But anyway. Yeah. And it's no, like, it's not a but anyway. No, it's, but it's I mean, like, just like you, just like you threw back at me earlier. No, it's not a but anyway. I mean, that's valid. That's not something that you can. I mean, you can't. It's cliche as hell, and it used to drive me nuts when I heard it. But you can't get that time back. You can't, and you can't, and you also, you know, what you can't get back either is the time that you wish you had to take care of all your shit when you had it. So yeah. like, and I'm not oh, talking about sure. like, I'm not talking about like me going to the doctor. All right, I actually called a doctor, so you can lay off my ass on that part. But what, um, what kind of doctor? I called a local doctor who is going to see me and view me about all of the bullshit that I got going on physically. So anyway, um, <laughs> but it's like I was telling her, I. I don't have those moments of decompression anymore. And I know that she doesn't, she's with the baby the whole time. Right. Like I understand that, but those moments of decompression were the things that were keeping me from breaking down and keeping me from falling apart. And now what I'm finding out is that now I don't have those moments, you know, and this is just goes in general, whether you have a child or not. Right. Like maybe you, maybe, I mean, yeah, Maybe you don't have a kid, but you're trying to just pay your bills, right? But it comes down to that other expectation where you're you're expected to be a certain way when you come home as dad, and you don't have the time to deal with all of the other bullshit. But other than the thirty minute to an hour drive home that some people may have sitting in their car. So sometimes you pull over on the side of the road and you get the shit out when you can. So you don't have to bring it home. Now, the question I have is, you know, and, and I know the answer. Um, I, I feel like those are self-imposed almost as much as they are societally expected. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, really, because your wife doesn't expect you to do everything. She right. doesn't, she doesn't want to see you kill yourself trying to make your, trying to make everything better for everybody else. She wants you to take care of you. Same thing with my wife, but we don't know any other way to do it. Right. And and I think that, and I think that ties into kind of the, the, the beginning of, of our conversation after the break is, it's not just, you know, we're about, you know, we don't have any training in, you know, what it's like to be a new dad. Right. But we also don't have any training on how to deal with the, the things that right. are because, going away or being added or whatever. Right. Because we're a new, we're a new dad. Right. I, did, you, I didn't know how to deal with it when right. I went back to work. And when, with all that stuff, you know, all, the, all of a sudden the, my stress level is you know, skyrocketed. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't. Right. right. And then you have all the other shit, you know, we talk about it. We have all that other shit that compounds on top of that. You have the anxiety and self doubt because you feel like you're not doing enough when in reality you might be, but you just don't think you're doing enough. Right. But then let's just take out outside of your personal relationships, right? Like your marriage and you being a father, pile on top of shit that you have going on at work and what other trauma 
and whatever trauma and grief that you're dealing with on your own on top of that, right? So you take, you take, you know, this man and you put him in a situation where he grew up his entire life, not understanding how to deal with emotions and how to talk about the things that bothered him and was, you know, constantly told to just suck it up and be a man. Right. So you take that man and you put him now in a situation where he has to protect and provide and, you know, be there and do Mr. Fix It and, you know, make sure that you handle everything. And at some point, all of that stuff compounds. And there is a reason, and I said this before, there is a reason why the statistics and numbers don't lie and why they are what they are, which is why you see more men take their life than anybody else. Because at some point, that shit gets so much that there's just nothing you can do. And, you know, you were talking about the, the, your dream and being uneasy. And, you know, what, what's really an uneasy, feel, an uneasy feeling is that there are days sometimes, you know, when like, you battle your demons daily, right? There are days sometimes when the demons that you battle are literally the only thing that is keeping you going. Oh, absolutely. There are, there are days where if, if I wasn't, battling if i wasn't you know pushing um i i would still be in bed yep i mean period <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts it's you know it's uh, i i've heard people so you know a lot of my female friends and, and people that i've known through over the years just you know oh i just don't want to i can't even get out of bed well women are not the only ones to experience that men do too yeah. Um, and you, you know, there are certain things that we do that we have to do that, you know, that keep us going. And one of those is battling. I mean, cause we'll take on speaking of demons, um, speaking of demons. Okay. Penny say hi and then go see mommy. Okay. Say hi, everybody. Hi, Penny. All right. Go see mommy. You want to snuggle your daddy? See, and then there's things like this to make everything all better. Right. Um, so, shh, okay. Um, but no, and <laughs> and it's it, it's. I, I'm lucky enough that you know I've gotten through those newborn years and stuff like that. That that you know it's a whole different level of stress and stress. None of it goes away; it just changes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Penny likes to say that she wants to snuggle her daddy because she knows daddy will not tell her no with that. Um, but I completely lost my train of thought because of this one. Because uh, we were talking about using the demons to battle through things. Oh, yeah, the demons that that we we battle through here not not the demon that's sitting in my lap right now, but um. Yeah, sometimes those those demons are the reason that we get up. Just like you said, I mean, there's there's really no other way to put it. It's yeah. sometimes those those demons are what keep us going throughout the day, and you know, it's not necessarily a positive thing, not necessarily a negative thing. Daddy, it's just life. Um, Daddy didn't go to work, baby. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's I've I I've probably have told you, I think I've told you this before, but. You know, there are days where if I did was not if I didn't have Taylor and I didn't have the baby, I probably wouldn't be here anymore. Like there comes to a point where 
you know, there, sometimes like a, like a, enough, like sometimes enough is enough. But that was when I was going through all that shit. That is the exact reason as to why I would beat the literal hell out of myself and tear my body apart, you know, working out and working. Like I didn't have any problems working 15 hours a day during that time. I didn't care. I didn't have anything else, you know, and it was, it was either work 15 hours, you know, doing construction on a farm, go to the gym, stuff like that. Or it was the flip side of that, which was sit there in a room with a bottle and fucking deal with everything that's going through your head. And Sometimes I did both, but when you are accustomed to trying to just figure out how to deal with your stuff, it's not a win-win situation for a lot of people. No, no, it's not. Um, I mean, I mean, I feel like this is, that's, that's a whole that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> it is. I'm sitting here. I've got so many thoughts going through my head. I can't even get one out. Um, <laughs> it's. But you're right. This, this right here, like those moments, that's what, that's what makes all that shit worth it. Right. But True. you know, and I, maybe I, I might be, maybe this is normal. Actually, I got a question. This might be normal for a lot of people. Do you ever notice that like when you get really tired, like you're like, oh, you're just so tired, funny. tired, that all of those fucking like the demon, the self doubt, all that bullshit hits like ten times harder because you're just so mentally drained that you have nothing to fight it off anymore. Daddy. Yes, Daddy, I mean it's it's normal. I mean yeah. it's that's yeah that's at least for me. <laughs> See, like I don't know, I don't know that that's normal or not. I'm glad I feel you. Like- I'm glad you feel the same way I do because I mean I'm not glad you feel that way, but like. I'm not the only one that thinks that way. No. And that's, you know, and that's a big, and, you know, not to keep, you know, tying. Well, yeah, no, I'm going to keep tying this back to our, our original conversation is, you know, that's, that's part of the whole programs and, and training and, you know, advice. And, I mean, even a pamphlet would, would, you know, that's, that's stuff that would really help us as men you know you are not alone in this yeah you are not experiencing i mean dan you are not the first man to experience you know the birth of your child but it's the first time for you oh yeah 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 yeah. And, and you don't have you know you don't have that um user's manual or you know there isn't there hasn't been I mean, not to not to my knowledge, of course, which is very limited. But there hasn't been studies made about the 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 anxieties and the stressors and everything that men go through when it comes to pregnancy and when it comes to to you know watching our significant other. What what? Let me ask and, you something. What was, what was one of the hardest things that you had to go through during during the pregnancy? What you personally? Like during the actual during like, with, the entire like pregnancy, birth, labor, oh, anything. It was, it was labor. Okay. It was the labor. I mean, pre like before she was actually born, but like leading up to that, it was the labor part because there's nothing that you can do to help your significant other. And 
Taylor wanted to do a natural birth. She didn't want any, she didn't want the hospital. She didn't want any drugs. She didn't want anything. She wanted to do a water birth. She wanted to do a natural birth. So when you're going down the highway and she is basically screaming as in she's like fucking dying and there's nothing you can do. All you want to do is do everything and you can't do anything. And I feel like that's, I mean, you could probably look back through the entire ordeal, the entire, you know, pregnancy conception. I mean, for you guys, conception, um, uh, conception of mine was actually a lot of fun, but, um, for you, <laughs> for our, you our guys, conception was a little no, different. And, and I mean, and I joke about this and I know that I, I hope know, you don't I think know. I'm being insensitive, no, I um, know, I know. but you know, you go through all these things and I guarantee you that every one of those hardest, like, you know, somebody could ask you what was the hardest part about the conception? What was the hardest part about the pregnancy itself? The first trimester, it will be a moment that you were helpless. Yeah. And honestly, as father to be and husband, you're helpless through the whole thing. Yes. Even during the, uh, you know, the times where we were struggling and we had to use a fertility clinic, I'm helpless. Cause then you have that idea of it's my fucking fault. And I'm now, and here's how this ties back. Right. Because now you're less of a man because you couldn't get your wife pregnant. Nobody fucking prepares you for that shit. Right. Nobody prepares you for that mental shit. Right. And then it's, 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 you know, now you're less of a man because you can't do it, right? And not only you can't do it, you couldn't do it three times. No, so and, now and, you're less of a man. And let me ask you something. How many people that you met know anything like that said that you were less of a man? because of Absolutely zero. The only person that did was you. Me. Right. Exactly. Right. But, but, but you see all that shit comes when you do that. Right. And I'm a full believer of this. When people do that and they beat up on themselves, it stems from shit from the past. Sure. Cause it has to start somewhere. It doesn't just manifest out of nowhere. It starts well, no. somewhere. And that's again, where, you know, you tie this back to your conversation where there is no manual. There's nothing. There's just, you know, when you have those moments with your dad learning how to do things or your mom learning how to do things or your big brother or whatever, and it's always hold the flashlight, I'll do it instead. You're not learning anything, you know, Uh you're not learning shit. And then it's, oh, we try to teach you how to, you know, get prepared for life. No, you had me sit there and watch how to do things, not actually learn Mm -hmm. how to do things. And and sure, the argument could be made that well, Dan, there's not a there's not a manual for any aspect of life, but there are. I want to say there was a there was a TV special, a little miniseries, and what if, and it was about fatherhood or par- parenting. I want to say it was about fatherhood. Um, it was like a documentary, and Will Smith was in it. This isn't me talking smack about Will Smith, no pun intended. Um, but. <laughs> But there was something that he said in the preview, because I never did watch it, and I wanted to. But in in one of the trailers for this show, for this documentary, it was, they give you a human being. And you get nothing. But when you buy a printer, you got a 100-page 
user's manual on how to do everything. And why is that? Well, I mean, first of all, I think human beings are too complicated. But also, I do believe that through coaching, through all these classes that women can take and and, and the men in their life that, you know, they have these children with, but through all these classes, they are all so geared toward women that they end up being better prepared. Right. Not, and that, and that you're not going to be a hundred percent. Right. But that goes but, back to why, like you said, there's one for a printer. There's not one for a kid, I, right? There's I no manual, I but why? So, and then, it's, but this also goes back to the whole statistics thing, right? That you were talking about that. There's no, you know, there's nobody out there that has the science as to why, you know, it, the shit's so hard, but they have that shit from mom. Why don't you why don't you have somebody that that can sit there and break down the analytics about it, about being a father? You can do it for mom. Why -hmm. can't you do it for us? Because in most time, most of the fucking world or, you know, lifespan of fucking world. Nobody really gave a shit because you were just kind of expected to figure it out. Well, and and the funny thing is, is you you not only were you expected to figure out, but from from minute one, you were expected to do it. It was you, there was no training period. There was no, there was no. It's all like right. you were just expected. Well, these this is what's expected of you now. I'm sorry, nobody told me that shit. Right. Nobody okay, told this. me when I was fucking three years old what is expected. And that's the other thing too. Think about it. And this just came across my mind. You have son and daughter, right? Who do you think is being watched the most by parents? Everything, every little thing they do in life. What? Who do you think is getting watched the most? It's probably the son from day the son, one. Yeah, no, it's from the son. day one. Everyone's like, oh, he's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. He's gonna be great. And then you look at the daughter, and it's like, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever yeah. you want to do. I'll support you. You're fine. But no, you. You're going to go to camp every summer. You're going to learn this. You're going to learn that. And you better make sure you get a good fucking job and you better go to fucking college and you better do this and you better do that. And it happens well, day one. I, I mean, I, I have to agree with you to, to a certain extent, but, you know, at least in my family, it was, you know, all these things were expected of all of us. It's just we, you know, and and I have you know three siblings. I have a brother and two sisters. And but you can't say it was a little bit different for you than it was for your sisters. Oh, I can tell you it was a lot of different for for me and my brother than it was for my sisters. Oh, absolutely. I'm, me and my my mom and I have this have this conversation all the time. We do, and and to the point. And I would never. And I had I as as I do periodically when I bring up my mom and bring up my childhood. I want to be clear with everybody out there that I had a wonderful childhood. I did. I had a wonderful parents. I, I had, you know, some great experiences and it was also a hellish childhood in, in some aspects of it, just like a lot of other people. Um, but my mom and I have had these conversations about the differences in how she treated the girls and how she treated us as boys. And she's like, she's apologized for, for things. And it's like, you know, you don't have to apologize to turn me into the man that I am. But it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And th- and think about that trial and error, right? It, when 
your wife asks you or people ask you like why you do the things that you do, it's because that's how you were taught. Like that's how you're yes. programmed, right? Yeah. Oh, why are you okay with doing X, Y, and Z to yourself or whatever? It's because I was taught that you work until you have nothing left to give and then you go home for the day. Yes. You know, you don't complain about 15 hour work days. You're grateful. doesn't matter yes. if you're bleeding and your hands are scraped up. Right. Like, yeah, no, doesn't matter if you hop in the shower every day and when you get out of it, you have to rinse off the walls because they're black and gray from all the dust. And, and you know, it's funny as the flip side of that is, and it, not funny, like, haha, just, you know, like ironic, funny. It's the flip side of all that stuff is that program that you get fucking trained into growing up as a kid, right? That is the moment when all of the mental shit starts and you don't really remember it all at the time, but no. you start picking up on little things as you get older, like shit starts triggering you. And it's like PTSD in a way where you start figuring, you kind of start patching things together and you're like, Oh, like I realize now that when somebody talks to me differently about why I do X, Y, and Z or why I do something wrong, why I get so upset about it. It's because when I would do things wrong before, you know, you you would get yelled at for doing things wrong before, not corrected to be shown how to do it right. It was you did it wrong. Now get the fuck out the way. Well, yeah. Or, you know, or my personal favorite, you did it wrong. Why did you do it wrong? Um, I did it to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting here like, okay, and, and I've, I've experienced it. I've, you know, I've probably perpetrated it and didn't realize it. And if I did, and if I did that, you know, it's, it, it, unfortunately it's human nature, but at the same time, it's like, you did it wrong. Why did you do it that way? Well, it's the only way that I knew how to do it. Right. Nobody, nobody, nobody told me how to do this shit. Right. Nobody showed me how to do it or they showed me once and said, got it. Good. Okay. Bye. And yep. you know, or, I fucking hate that. I fucking hate. They show you one time. And then they expect you to fucking figure it out. And not yeah. only do they show you, they make you watch you. And then it's like, all right, you do it. And I'm like, okay, but I don't do it that way. I'd much rather learn by trying to figuring it, like doing it myself. And then you correcting me as I go. If I don't do this right, tell me why I didn't do it right. Don't just show me and then be like, all right. Yeah, don't just say, hey, you did it. You did it wrong. Okay, right. this is okay. Forget right. it. And just like you said, instead, it's, it, instead of doing it yourself, you're you're stuck holding the flashlight. Right. I don't want to be holding the flashlight. I want to be in it and figure out why I did it wrong, and then tweak it to and be corrected on how to do it right. And sorry, you you were saying something. Go ahead. Well, no, and and you know, honestly, I it's. I was going to more compound on that is that's where a lot of our insecurities, just like you said, start, you know, when we're younger, yeah. You know, we learn our boundaries by, by pushing them, by going beyond them and being corrected and stuff like that. The problem is, is I feel like there's the corrections. Um, and, and mom, forgive me for saying this direct, the, the corrections in my family were very different than the crew for, for boys versus girls. And I don't know if that's a common thing. I'm sure it is. Oh, I'm 100% but, sure it is. But but at the same time, it's just like, you know, the way you're correct, you're corrected as, as a boy, as a man, as a young man. I mean, whatever, however you want to refer to, to the male spe of our species. Um, but you're corrected in a way that you don't want to be corrected again. Like that is, it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. 
please. You you almost get this anxiety about doing it wrong and being wrong that if you don't do it right, you're going to have like a breakdown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, 100%. and that's and um and that that and honestly that carries over into adulthood. That's why you know you get these guys that I mean they really don't get it. They don't understand what is going on with them. And this is where you get those statistics. This is where yeah. you get those numbers. It stems from, you know, uh, and yeah, not to sound like a cliche psychiatrist, but it stems from back in the day how you were corrected. It stems from back in the day how you dealt with the experiences that, you know, the neck the negative experiences, because I don't know anybody that hasn't had any negative experiences in their life. But it's how you've dealt with them and how you've been dealt with when when you've caused these ne- negative experiences. And, yep. You know, it's all these things. And then as as you get older, you start to shut down. So imagine being like 10, 11, 12, right? And not at the time understanding what's going on. But now, you know, you're old. You're older. You understand what's going on now why there was friction in your household between your older brother and your father. And then you start learning about things. And as you get older, you start figuring shit out that the reason why he was the way he was, was because the way that he's programmed, but also the way that he was and the reason why he's not there are not here anymore is because of the reason or the way that he was programmed and trained and, you know, whatever corrected as a person by the person that should be correcting him correctly. If that makes sense. It does make sense. I think, I think you took kind of a long way around it, but yeah, um, yeah. but, but, but yeah, think I about mean, that it does like make point sense. of view, think of it as a point of view as a kid. Yeah. Right. And then you don't understand what's going on. But then as you get older, you finally figure out, oh, those were the reasons why he wouldn't come home at night and stayed out. And these are the reasons why he did X, Y and Z. And these are the reasons why he would drink all the time. And these are the reasons why he would get they would headbutt. And eventually one of the reasons as to why he no longer wanted to be here anymore is because it turned back into everything from the childhood of never being enough and always, you know, never like whatever you did was not right. And whatever you did was wrong and always feeling a disappointment. All that shit starts day one when you're born, whether you're a man or a woman. True. Um, I gotta ask you something though. After after that little that little soapbox experience, um, now I know I know you don't now, but at some point, did you blame your dad? Yes. I gotta ask because I'm sure you know. I, I honestly I want this to be. I hope and I hope you don't mind. But I want this to be out there because this is, it would be, I feel like this would be a a humongous help. How did you get through that? Let me, let me say this. I was not the only person. Yeah, but I mean, uh, other people aren't on this podcast. How did you get through that? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is 
I was not the only person that blamed him that was in our family circle. They were no, friends. I... They were friends of my father that blamed him for what happened. Um, how did I get through it? Yeah. Don't know if I ever did. I think what happened was he saw that he needed to make a change. Now, he never got any help. And uh, it was, you know, he struggled a lot with his own shit because of that. And he never wanted to get any help. But I think he saw a change or he saw that he needed to make a change to make sure that it didn't happen again. And honestly, that change happened when I met my wife and she started coming around. And now seeing him the way that he is with my daughter and him being a grandfather, it sometimes seeps back into my mind. If you had just. If you had just shown the same love and compassion as you do now, as you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when he was a kid, we probably wouldn't have to be swapping stories anymore. We could probably still be making them. Wow. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing. Um, I, you know, and, and that couldn't have been easy, Dan. And, and honestly, it's, it's one of those things that I, I wouldn't have pressed had, had I not truly believed, um, that it could help somebody. Uh, <clears throat> but it's been a while now, since the question, one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah, it has. The uh, question I have though is, is, you know, it, there's that there's that cycle theory was that part of part of your dad's cycle do you know how how he was uh oh battery um is that how he was raised oh yeah uh yeah he his dad was in being as respectful as possible because this is the grandfather that passed away over you know the winter time he was not a nice man We'll just okay. put it that way. Yeah, we'll just no, put it that I mean, way. So honestly, yeah, like my, my stepdad hated his dad. That's... Yeah, like look, like all that shit ties in together, and I know that. And I, you know, and and there's some things that I can't necessarily fault for him because that's the way he was raised. But at times, I can. So, um, do you need to do you need to plug in your device? Um, I I may I may I may just have to switch because I don't think I have a charger. Work. For your laptop, do you want to switch? Do you want to take a quick second? Do you want to take a quick <laughs> break? That's and then what like, I'm doing this on. So let's do that. Let's, let's just take here. a let's take let's a see second. If I can't transfer over to different. Oh, can can you do that? Oh, there it is. Does it work that way? Um, I don't see why not. I don't see why it wouldn't. I see. Like, I feel like if okay. you would pull it up, it would let you do it. He gone. I know this is like just fucking Oscar worthy shit going on right now yeah. over the last five minutes, but you know, shit happens. Hold on. Let me see if I, can't. I could always serenade the people. Oh. I don't think anybody wants me to serenade anybody these days. Hold on. 
my child doesn't even enjoy me serenading her to try to go to sleep. Then again, I don't blame her. I probably sound like a like a scratching record or like a cat getting his tail pulled up right when I serenade her. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to leave all of this in, by the way. Please do. All of this in. I, I've gotten to the point where we leave everything in now. Even the bloopers, even the bad stuff. Oh, he's back. Baby, come back. Oh, I get. Oh, wait. Brady, come back. Oh, good lord. You know, anyway. do you have any idea how embarrassing it was, you know, when I was younger and even now when I would hear couples like my friends, hey, baby, and I would answer? Because I thought they said. <laughs> Thanks for, bring, thanks for bringing that up. No, there, there's another three weeks for the fucking thing. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, okay. So you were you were asking me something. You asking me if. Um, well, now, and yeah, and I was going to continue that, you know, because that was part of your dad's cycle. I was going to continue that line of questioning as far as um, now do how much of that. Do you factor into everything? Because, you know, I feel like I feel like there's got to be an instant. No, I don't know. I don't. But I feel like there's got to be a period of an instance where you finally say, you know, you break the cycle. I mean, you hear about it all the time. You know, my fam, my my father was abusive, but I broke the cycle. I'm never going to be that way. And they aren't. And, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, how much how much frustration do you hold for to him for not breaking the cycle? Because I know you you're you're the cycle is broken with you. Yeah, I made but, it a point to make sure I was not like him. And there were mo- there were parts with me where I, I, I am, but it's not like the bad things like he's got a great work ethic and he's very knowledgeable and he knows how to fix a lot of things. Right. And those are the things sure. that I wish. Like the the fixing of the things, that's the wish. That's the thing that I wish I knew more of, right? Okay. Um, but for him, like you said, the breaking for like for breaking of the cycle, like part of it, I think, I think as a person, you can make that conscious de- decision whether you want to be like that person or not. And at some point, you have to choose whether you're going to or not. And then I feel like sometimes people make excuses and use that as an excuse for being or doing shitty things when in reality, or I guess not in reality, but yeah, in reality, it's an excuse. It's not, or it's not an excuse for being a shitty person anymore because you have the ability to be different. Now, do you remember the, the period of time that you, you decided you weren't going to be, you, you realized the, the, what was going on and you weren't going to be that? Uh, yeah, it's probably like fucking 12 or 13, you know, yeah. like we, we, we had, but we were headbutting at a very young, early, early years of my life. We would headbutt, you know, but when again, I didn't know that it was the same stuff that my brother went through. Right. But there was a okay. lot of like, there was a lot of like, and I use this loosely in a way where it not it's probably not as bad as it is everywhere else. But like there was some verbal abuse going on, 
And there were some things that were said that probably you should not say to a child or your kid in general. Right. And, you know, whether it's parental or relationship, that shit will stick with you till the day you fucking die. True. And and those of you out there, I'm not questioning about his dad because they have a poor relationship. They actually, I mean, from what I understand, you guys have a great relationship. Yes. now. Now we do. Now we do. Um, I mean, he's obviously, I mean, just from, just from the way you talked about him being a grandfather, I mean, he's loving being a granddad, oh, apparently. Yeah. Does, yeah, does he, he have, does he, does he have a nickname or anything like that? He's, it's like my, he's my just going by grandpa. Papa. He's oh, just yeah. go, well, yeah, because we have the stepdad and her dad, and God, there's so many people around. He's just going as grandpa, but in reality, okay. she's gonna call him whatever she, she wants to call him. Yeah, you know? that's how we started out with my dad was grandpa, and she ended up just papa. Right, so. but you know, speaking on like the verbal abuse and stuff, I mean, you have gone through that, and that I I feel like I did. it's. And I, I didn't mean this. I mean this as like, and I, I don't really know what the phrase is. I don't mean it the way that it's going to sound. So when people hear this, don't think that I'm like denying what goes on for like women. But I feel like when it comes to like verbal abuse, it's handled completely different when it comes to men than it is oh, when it's Lord. when it is with women. And I don't mean that as like me. I'm not trying to be a dick, but. For women, people will listen to you, and as a man, it doesn't happen. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Physical abuse you know, and verbal I've, abuse I've, does not happen in a relationship if you're a man. You know, I've, I and, and you know, I like I said, I had a great childhood. They did. Um, you know, I did not a lot of abuse going on in my in my family as far as you know my childhood. Um, but didn't have a whole lot of friends. I was bullied mercilessly growing up. I mean, there was a ton of people that just pushed me around, beat me up, and called me names, everything like that. And that's fine. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I have a feeling, I mean, you know, I, I do, I would really like to touch on this uh, at another episode as well. But, you know, I've made no bones about the fact that my previous relationship was was abusive. And, um, and it was abusive. It was, first of all, it was toxic for both of us. I mean, it's it's definitely a two-way street when it comes to toxicity of, of this relationship that I'm talking about. But the abuse definitely went one way. Um, I was I, I was always one of those people who don't, I don't put my hands on a woman. I don't verbally abuse a woman. Um, I, I'll be the first to admit I probably came I probably came, came close with this relationship that we're talking with my ex. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and paint myself in this bright, shining light. There really takes two. But when it comes to verbal abuse and mental abuse, emotional abuse, um, and it did get physical periodically. But you know, as as most of you out there know, I'm you know I'm six foot four and now about 315 pounds because I quit smoking cigarettes. But um, but I'm not a small individual and, you know, you should see the look on people's faces when, you know, I, I, I'm like, Oh no, I know. I know how that goes. I was, you know, I was hit and I was abused in a relationship as well. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Um, I've, I've, I've actually had people tell me, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I, I truly believe that that's because just, I mean, and you said it perfectly, it's handled differently for men than it is for women. 
I mean, it's it's not something that you know, and and it's not. It's almost. Uh, I'm gonna sound like an asshole here, but you know, it's almost worse for a man because women get listened to. Women, they women get believed. They get. Oh, honey, let me help you out. A man, when he says that he's being abused, there—I mean, there's more questions about you than there is about anything else. And that's not. Let's not. Let me step back for a second too. We're not taking away from like sexual assault claims because that's a completely no. that's a completely different thing, and we're not talking about that. We're just talking about no. like physical abuse because, and I think you're right because more and more often you'll see. You'll see if a woman was beat or was being beat on by a husband, there will be people that know. And then really what it is, and then she'll be supported. But at that point, it's just a legality thing, trying to find a way to get out of it, right? Sure. When it's flipped around and you're abused as a man or, um, you know, there are men out there that have been raped before that they don't know. Sure. Nobody it believes happens. them, right? It happens, right? But nobody believes them. And it's, oh, you're, oh, you're a rapist. You're a man. You don't, you can't be raped. You know? And it's like, like you said, well, why didn't you just fight back? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Why didn't you just fight back? You're so much bigger than she is. But that doesn't have anything to do with it. You also got to take on the fact that you already have years of, and months of abuse to begin with. So if they start drilling away at your self-confidence and everything else, what do you have left to fight with at that point other than, you know, at some point you're going to snap and that's what happens. If you were to snap and you were to hit her back, you would have been the one that got in trouble, not her. Oh, hundred percent believe that. A hundred percent believe that, you know, cause the I've, court system we, is not the same for men and women. No. And we have, um, we had the cops called on the apartment that we were at a few times and each time, um, regardless of who the antagonist was, regardless of who was screaming and who wasn't, or we both were, or whatever, I was always separated and brought outside. Always. Didn't matter if I had no no right. socks, no shoes, you no were the shirt. Threat. I was the threat. I was. You were the threat. Well, we just need to make sure she's okay. And I, there were a few times, especially toward the end there, that I was like, "Well, what about me?" Right. And 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 I don't mean to sound like some, you know. Uh, and I was just about to say it. I don't mean to sound like some wuss or something. See, don't, that's the that's the programming that we go through. It's a I'm trap, not a wuss right? Because it's, it's a happened. fucking trap. But it's you know, I wanted to look at the cops and be like, well, I mean, are you going to ask if I'm all right? No, because you're. And they fucking, never did. They never no, because you're fucking five feet taller than she is. Yeah. You know, but like, it didn't matter. No, it didn't fucking matter. You're 280 pounds bigger than she is. It didn't fucking matter. No, it didn't matter. And you'll see this stuff. And this is what gets me like on social media because like people on TikTok and I and I hate using that because uh, there's all kinds of bullshit that's going on, you know, with TikTok and shit like that. But you will see people use that as a means of an outcry. Right. You'll see that as a means of outcry. And it's the only way they can get their fucking point across because they'll show you a video of them getting their ass beat. Let's fucking tie this back real quick. Um, a couple counties up from me, Johnny Depp is in court right now 
about what's going on with with him and his and his ex wife. Is that over by you? Yep, Fairfax. That's right up there, right a few. That's a few. It's a few counties up, and he's going through that right now. And that was one of those situations where everybody believed that she was the one being abused, and in reality, you see all the evidence that you're he starting was the to see one. some. Yeah, you started to see a lot of the evidence. A lot of evidence come out that he was. I don't know whether he was or wasn't abusing her, but she was giving. Uh, it, there seems to be a lot of evidence that she was giving as much as she was taking. Yep. At least. Yeah, um, but that's a whole. That's a whole other. That's a whole, that's a whole different whole conversation. Thing. I mean, we could, that go, make we could okay. easily no, and we could easily go on for another. We could easily go for two hours talking about that shit. I, and and I like this. I like this this train of thought too. I really do. I mean, this is this was something. You know, we kind of went back to our roots with this episode that that we. Uh, we're, we're, we started talking more on the on the on the men's side, you know. Yeah. This is because we've all we've been dancing a little bit around, you know. We don't want to take anything away from women, and I think by now, hopefully, people, people know, know. Yeah, people know that you and me, we have a, a great respect for women, and this is not the the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is not to bash women. It's, it's to help men stand on their feet and show right. men that you're not alone. And, and, and basically show men that, you know, even just between the, I mean, there's two guys here talking about our life experiences, but it can relate to a lot of different things that a lot of different men are going through. You're not alone. Right. Right. And, and you know, I think, I think that really, that really goes, that really goes a, a really long way. So, I'm going to make an effort to stop saying um, not to take anything away from the women, because honestly, I feel like people that listen to us, they know, they know we're not taking anything away from what women go through, but we are going to sit here and we're going to talk about the things that men do. Yep. Yep. And I mean, we have to, and I think for the only way for that to get better and for that conversation to normalize is for people to understand that this is just a man thing. It's nothing to do with, women and what they go through we know that like we are well aware of that this is just this is just a guy thing that's all it is yeah you know that's all it is and um you know but i think uh i think that's a good place i guess for us to wrap up and um yeah i think uh you know again like we said it at the top of the top of the show i hope everybody has a, a safe uh, easter weekend and for those yes, of you that get easter. to everybody gets to experience a long weekend which is not me i hope everybody enjoys it and, and is safe and um hopefully by the time you hear this it will be easter but it may also be after easter so happy post easter i guess yeah you know or i could be like uh, dan snyder when he introduced ron rivera as a head coach at the beginning and after the new year and it's like i think it's like march and he goes happy thanksgiving everybody not merry not, not christmas new year but thanksgiving oh yeah yeah so happy thanksgiving everybody happy no, thanksgiving everybody. now right. um hey man give my best your better half please yep. and and uh, of course give that give that little addition uh, uh, a kiss on the cheek for me that's that's awesome um, that being said, I think that, like you said, you took my catch line though. I don't think like you were busy. There's Penny. It seems to be a good time to, uh, Penny. So, uh, again, this is another episode of Men in Your Life Unapologetically Human. I'm Dan. I'm Dad. Who are you? I'm Penny.
<laughs> I'm Dan, that's Brady, and that's Penny. Yeah. And um have a safe weekend and and you know we'll 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 be back next week. All right. And uh you know, don't forget to like, subscribe and all that if you can. You get updates on the episodes Please. and stuff like that. Please do. Um also, real quick fun fact, we're on Amazon now. Um uh, we got added there. I didn't know that, yeah. but we're on Amazon podcasting now. So okay. you can find us there if you're on Amazon, um, Spotify, all those other places. But uh, yeah, like Brady said, so um, everybody have a good uh, Easter, and you man have a good Easter. Have say hi to the family and tell Penny I said hi. And um, of course, <laughs> all right, everybody uh, have a good weekend. Stay safe, and uh, this has been uh, another episode of Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. Bye.